This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today, in Jesus' name. We are in the book of Psalms. We're actually in book two of the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is broken up into, I think, three, maybe four books, but but. We're in book two, and in fact, I'm almost sure it's four books. We're in book two, and we are out of the complete, out of the area where it's all David's psalms. Now we're uh, actually in in psalms that are written by different people. Uh, a lot of them are written by the sons of Korah and, and Asaph, and so there are several uh, psalms right here in a row that deal with a lot of the same issues there. They are in some ways laments. They lament something that's going on or they're dealing with a struggle and they they have their different perspectives. So in Psalm 42 this morning, we start out with a actually verse that, that is fairly well known. And not only is it fairly well known, it's a it's a, a verse that's used in a lot of songs. In a lot of poems, a lot of a lot of Christian literature, it's the maybe the banner verse that's used to undergird a ministry or something like that. It starts out as the deer pants for the water, so pants my soul for you, O God. Or as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after you, God. And this psalm is ultimately this sets the stage for it. But this psalm is about the need for God and the need for God's. Uh, uh, provision, the need for God's direction, the need for God's deliverance. And uh, so the psalmist says, as the deer needs water, so we need you, God. And, and we also know that human beings need water. They can't live, live much more than a, a, a couple of days without water. And so he says, my soul, verse uh, two, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And you know, we talked about this just very briefly yesterday, but it, it does amaze me. It does, as I look around, when we call ourselves Christians, we're Christ, in Christianity, how often there are people who, they just, they don't long after God. They don't have to be in his presence. They don't want to be around the church. They they come during the, holi- during the holidays or, or during important occasions, but really they're not a part of the church or the party of the body of the Christ. They're not in situations where God's presence is regularly felt. They're not seeking after him. And and that usually is an indication of each person's really not born again. They're just culturally Christian. And culturally Christian means that you can become unculturally Christian quickly. You can your your if the culture changes away from Christianity, you're likely to move away from Christianity. You're likely to move away from that. And and I'm not just talking about in a religious sense, I'm talking about in a true spiritual sense, that you move away from God. And so at, he 
this psalmist says, I need God. I need his uh, direction. I need his fulfillment. He is, he is the primary nourishment for who I am. He says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God, for, for the active God, for the God who's actually doing things in the universe, for the God who's actually at work around us. He says, when shall I come and appear before God? Notice that he's he's saying, I, I want to enter into your presence, God. I want to I want to actually be one on one with you. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to speak to you face to face. And he 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 asked that question, when am I going to get a chance to speak to you, God, face to face? Now remember we're in the Old Testament and, and they're not born again. So there's there there was a, a separation between man and God back then that was bridged by Jesus Christ. He, he made the way so that we could have access into the Holy of Holies. But even back then, there were people who yearned for a personal relationship with God, who yearned for hearing from God and seeing God and knowing God. And it's important. That's evidence in the Christian life. That's evidence of not only being born again, but it's evidence of a person who 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 has, has spent time with God and actually knows the attributes, knows what it is to hear from God. He says, my tears have been my food day and night. Now he's going into to his need and why he has need for God. While they continually say to me, where is your God? And see, we live in an age uh, today where slowly the culture we live in is outright saying there is no God, that God, God, God doesn't exist, that God is not around, that, that everything we see was, was the product of happenstance, and which is foolishness in itself. But the Bible says, God says, the fool is said in his heart. The Psalm says, the fool is said in his heart, that there is no God. He says, they say, where is your God? And see, that, that, that is discomforting, and that, is, that disturbs him when he is asked this question, because he knows that he has uh, a personal, he knows that he has a real God that he, that loves him and has purpose for him. He says, when I remember these things, when I think on these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God. Notice, I used to go to the mul with the multitude. I used to show up and assemble with others. How many believers are out there uh, in the world today who used to go to church, but because of something other than God, they quit going to church. If you go to church for the people, then you're going for the wrong reason. You're going to be, you're going to meet with God. And then once you meet with God, you're, you have a ministry to people. You, we are the body together, but I don't go primarily for other people. If I go for other people, then aren't they, aren't they my God? Aren't they the reason why, if they're the reason why I'm going, aren't I going to worship them? Aren't I going to, to glorify them? Aren't I going to put them in a primary position in my life? If that's the case, then that's the wrong reason. We don't go to church because someone else wants us to go to church. We go to church because that's where we want to, to be. And so if the excuse is it's full of a bunch of hypocrites, it always has been. Church has always been that way. That's the way, that's the way it is. We're, they're fallen, broken human beings that are seeking God and trying to figure out, uh, how to live their life. And, and so that, that excuse is, uh, that excuse for not going to church is, is saying somebody hurt my feelings. Well, that happens sometimes. You do get your feelings hurt at church. And sometimes you get your feelings hurt 
by God in the uh, sermon yesterday in in the uh, parable of the sower one of the one of the uh, the one who falls the one who falls on the rocky soil is offended by God's word uh God's word is offensive to them it's a, and let me tell you God's word is offensive to your sin and, and so if you think that you're going to show up to church and and not have your sinfulness offended by who God is then you're wrong. And if you show up to church and your sinfulness is never offended by who God is, then the church is wrong because there's no word being taught. The word pricks our conscience, it offends our sinfulness, and it changes us. And so he says, for I used to go with the multitudes. I went to, with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise. And notice that's the whole point of going is so that we might know the joy of his presence and praise him for it. With the multitude that kept the that kept the pilgrims feast, they he said, I, "What he's saying is, I used to be in in the group that went up." He says, "Who are you? Why are you cast down, O my soul?" Notice he's asking the question. I used to have joy in entering the presence of God, and now my soul is I, I feeling low. That's really what he's saying. And he says, "And why are you disquieted within me?" Hope, and he's even telling his own self, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Notice, he realizes I used to go up, I used to be in his presence, I used to hear his hear his uh, voice, and now I hear nothing. And I need to turn back and, and seek his countenance or his face again. I need to seek God. There are so many believers out there, so many people out there, and especially during this time where we've been forced to be separated, being separated from the, the body of Christ is a dangerous place to be. And, it, and I hear people talk about danger and things like that all the time. But you by yourself outside of the assembly of the saints is a dangerous place to be. That is a clear teaching of scripture. And it puts you in a position where, you're, where, where you slowly drift away from God. You start, your character slowly drifts towards its own desires, and you slowly drift into the enemy's into the enemy's trap. He says. He says here in this psalm, I need to turn myself back. He said, Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you uh, from the land of the Jordan. Notice, he says, I'm going to remember you from. He's talking about the Jordan River passing over the Jordan River. He's remembering that uh, that God is a deliverer. He's one who brings them into the promised land, brings them into his best. And from the heights of Hermon, that's Mount Hermon, and from the hills of Mizar, he's talking about the high places in Israel, the places of, of refuge. And he's saying, listen, I, I'm going to remember that you're a God who, who brings me into the best uh, places and brings me into in the places of refuge. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. And what he's saying is, is God is... His voice is deep within creation, and it's constantly at work, and he needs to connect with. He says, all your waves and billows have gone over me. I, he needs that presence, that overwhelming flow of God over him. He, he knows, he remembers what it, he says. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. That word loving kindness, I love that all the time. He says, the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, his song shall be with it, with me. A prayer to the God of my life. Notice he's saying, I, if I need to get back to the assembly. I need to get back 
and reconnect. I need to get back and feel his overwhelming spirit wash over me, his loving kindness in the daytime and and at night know the song of my salvation. He says, uh, and be able to pray, pray to the God uh, of my life. He says, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why did you go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Notice he can say to God, he's gonna, he's gonna say to God, my rock, why have, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemies? Notice he's gonna say, Lord, did you forget me? I've gone mourning. I've, I've been, I've just had my lip poke out because of the way other people have treated me. Your own feelings can lead you away from God. And just because you feel it doesn't mean it's, it may mean that uh, you are actually feeling that way, but it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that it's actually what's really happening. And oftentimes the enemy does use attacks of people around you to get your lip poked out and your feelings hurt. And your feelings being hurt uh, ultimately leads you to a place where, well, it ultimately leads you to a place where you don't do what God has for you. You miss out on it. You, you have a pity party for yourself. He says, why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemies? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me. That's always going to be too. They, they, it seems like what they do is totally destroying you, but it's not. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Remember, there it comes up again. The world is not, the world is not going to help you. And if you're looking for answers and looking for hope from the world, it is not going to give it to you. And if you've left the church because you've got your feelings hurt, if you've left being in the presence of God because um, uh, of something that's happened in your life, you're missing out. And you're slowly going to be walking in the way of the sinner. You're going to, you're going to be, you're going to be out there and the world's going to give you, uh, advice, but it's not going to be advice that's helpful. It's going to be advice that's destructive that brings you down. He says, why are you cast down on my soul? Notice again, after they've attacked him, he's cast down again. He says, and why are you disquieted within me? Why am I shook on the inside? If you felt that way, look, there's only one place for your soul to be settled at, and that's with God, and that's uh, in his presence, and that's going to where his spirit is moving. And, and let me tell you something, that's primarily in worship. That's primarily meeting with him in worship. It can be, it can be in your morning uh, quiet time, but I'm going to tell you, if you've been away from, from me for a long time, your morning quiet time is not going to have a whole lot of power in it. He says, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance um, and my God. Notice what he's saying. Me being in a place where I can worship him, me being in a place where I can know his presence, that is, well, that is where help is found. Oftentimes, I don't uh, tell believers to 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 go invite people to church. I tell believers to be the church to other people. But for people who have grown up in church or, or, or have been in church and then fallen away from church, the message probably for them is to say to them, how is being alone, separated from God, work for you? And if it's 
And the only reason you'd ever even discuss that with them is because is because it's quite obviously not done. And and asking that question, how is being separated from God? You don't have to say it that way, but you can just say, how is being out of church done for you? Are you doing really well because of it? And the answer almost 100% of the time is going to be no, it's not. Being separated from God is not going to be um, something that was positive for their life and helpful. They're going to be feeling empty. They're going to be feeling separated. They're going to be feeling alone. They're going to be feeling attacked by the world. And being in God's presence, though at times it can be difficult because he is changing you with his word. And at times it can be, um, you know, you got to get past yourself and reach out to God. And sometimes it's hard to get past yourself. But even in all those things, even in all those things, it's the very best place to be. It's the best place where hope and power is poured out on God's people. And if you're in our area, we'd love to have you in our church. But if you're not, and especially if you've got a church home somewhere, go back to where you're supposed to be. Go back and begin to meet. Go back and, and see God and know the, the power of his presence and when he, he meets with his people. And don't miss out on that. Uh, missing out on that is, is a very dark place for those who have known God, who are born again, who have his spirit within them. It is a, it's a dark and difficult road to go down. Make plans to be in his presence soon and be with his people soon and allow him to reignite his hope and his love in your heart. Because if you don't, you're just going to keep on sliding into the depths and your heart and your soul are going to be downcast and you're missing out. And so I don't want you to miss out. I want you to have his best. And, and more importantly, he wants you to have his best. I ask that, I say that to you as a word of encouragement and a word of instruction this morning. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.